Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now, Quicks, I know you haven't been working in a proper office for that long at this point, but I think you've been in there long enough that I can pose this question to you to, to get your take. So my office has been going through a number of changes recently, a lot of shuffling people around to different spots and everything, and that's going to continue for the next like two years, basically. And... We got lumped in, so I don't work in finance, but they moved somebody from the fi- they moved a bunch of people from the finance department over to my section, and it's a different vibe. Like one guy's got a TV up in his cubicle just for him with the financial news all damn day, and then there's another guy who I only <laughs> I caught this the other day because I I'm sitting there in my cubicle and I catch some motion out of the corner of my eye. There's not much motion going on in this office. It's usually pretty sleepy. So I was surprised to have any motion. So I, I peek my head up, much like a groundhog peeking its head up to see if he can see a shadow. And I look over and there is a guy who's completely reclined in his office chair, has his feet up, has his shoes on his desk, like crossed. And he's tossing this ball up and down while he's on a call. Real like 80s power move right here. And... I just thought this was one of the most obnoxious things I had seen in a minute in my office. And I ran this by Emily and she didn't seem to have the same level of disdain for this that I did. So I need to know, was this an obnoxious thing? Because this is an open space. This isn't in like a private office for this guy. Like this is in like, he's got a cubicle in like a public space, basically at the company, as far as public spaces go. So Quiggs, you're obnoxious or just fine. I got to be honest, I think that's pretty obnoxious. Like, that's the kind of behavior that only people who have their own office can have. Like, if you have your own office, you can do whatever you want. Like, that's your desk. You want in there. Your desk, your ball, play with the ball, like, whatever you want to do. But, like, when you're out there in the middle and you're acting like some sort of 1980s movie star hotshot in, in the middle of the room while everyone else is being busy doing their job, like... I don't know. That sounds to me like it's pretty obnoxious. Act the way your salary says you should. Well, maybe his salary dictates that. I don't know how much the finance pros make, but mm. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it, I, I agree with you completely. If you're in your office, go nuts, guy. And the other thing for me was, dude, my shoes, okay, well, they're not like filthy. I mean, they're kind of filthy if you think about it, because shoes are on the ground all day and I walk all through the city, so... They're not something I want on my desk. Yeah, no. I mean, I just, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Like, I'll put my shoes, I'll put my feet on things. But like you, I, I try to avoid putting my shoes on like my coffee table. Um, and like, they're just generally dirty items that I don't want all over the surfaces of my adobe. So I wouldn't do that at work either. Yes, I don't want my shoes anywhere on anything that, like, I might eat off of or... Okay, good. We are aligned on this one. Now, I'll say this. This has been driving me nuts. If I'm not wearing shoes, I'm totally fine putting my 
feet with socks on the coffee table. Go fucking nuts with that. That's fine. Absolutely. And that's, Which, again, honestly, that's also kind of gross because like your feet can get sweaty sometimes. So it's not like I am some sort of, you know, uh, like super clean person or anything like that. Like. I but am still. absolutely not Mr. Clean over here, okay? I have a full head of hair, first off. But no, I, I'm not, like, a neat freak by any means. Right. I just thought, like, the whole thing's obnoxious. Just the leaning back and the throwing the ball and the shoes up on the desk. Like, who the fuck are you? Right, yeah. What kind of ball was it that he was throwing up? It was... Was it a tennis ball? No, it was a little smaller than that. It was about the size of, like, a, a hacky sack. Was it a hacky sack? I don't know. I cannot confirm <laughs> nor deny that it was a hacky sack. What if he's one of those hacky sack people? He could be a hacky sack, bro. Man, I will never forget being in community college. And I would, I would go into like the student union or like the community co- college equivalent of a student u- union. It was like the student lounge. The only people who hung out in there were the hacky sack people. And like the video game people, because they would like, I think they had like some sort of old video game system, like in the student lounge. So like, it was a bunch of like video game nerds, which like, don't get me wrong. I love video games. So like every once in a while, maybe I would swing in there and like see what they were playing. But like they, it was like the video game nerds and like the hacky sack people. And it was just like, if you're in that room with them, there goes all of your street cred. It's all gone. The sack squad. The sack squad, baby. (laughs) <laughs> what if he's a member of the sack squad he could be a member of the sack squad and but if you're listening you, you might be a very nice guy and if you're listening you probably are a nice guy because only great people listen to fly purpley beautiful great people listen to fly purpley every one of you but if you are we need to have a long talk about this behavior in the office because uh it's not good get your shoes off the table you slob yes absolutely and this is from the guy who it spilled chili on himself by accident the other week, like much like Kevin in the office. And well, I had a, I, I actually, <laughs> so I was eating chili and I guess I had something on my shirt that I don't even know how it got on my shirt in the first place. But my, my coworker pointed it out to me and I went to go wipe it and I made it worse by wiping it with the napkin. It just got way worse. Yeah. And I ended up having to take off my work polo because it smelled like chili and I love chili, but I don't love it enough to want to smell it for like the remaining four hours of the workday. That reminds me of the scene from Better Call Saul where Saul is like trying to get fired from his new cushy job at that nice law firm in Santa Fe. Yes. And like he makes like some sort of like juice with a juicer or a blender or something in like the the work, the office kitchen or whatever and he gets it all over this guy and he's like oh let me clean that up and he grabs a rag and he just smears it everywhere it was a (laughs) lot like that yeah yeah. it was almost exactly like that it was not a good situation but at least i realized you know i fucked up okay i had to take off that polo i ended up putting on my i have a hoodie i keep for in case it gets cold which spoiler alert i never get fucking cold in the office i don't really need this hoodie but It came in handy that day because I just ended up wearing my undershirt and the hoodie for the rest of the day. So I know how to read a room. And apparently this guy has no idea how to read the room. And there's an NHL team that has no idea how to read the room. And that's the Arizona Coyotes. What is, oh man, 
All right, here we go. We're getting right into it. We're so, getting right into it. Yeah. The Arizona Coyotes, okay, have been asked to leave the party repeatedly. And they say, no, I'm not leaving the party. My ride left. <laughs> I've had 16 tequilas. I'm going nowhere. The Coyotes will not fucking leave, okay? They played in a 4,600-seat arena last year, which is still a hilarious joke. It actually happened. We kept saying 5,000 seats. I looked it up. It's actually 4,600 seats. And they sold out every night because there are only 4,600 seats to sell out. So this week, we've been talking about this coming up, a potential deal for the Coyotes to have a new facility. And things will be all well and good over in Tempe. And there's only one problem. Nobody wanted it. Small problem. Small problem. Three proposals on the ballot. Okay, so uh, lots of elections this week. Uh, we had the primary in Philadelphia for the mayor, and that's basically the mayoral election because Philadelphia is a very blue town. And over in Tempe, Arizona, or I guess Tempe, Phoenix, whatever the however the fuck those cities work over there, they had three proposals on the ballot. Okay. And all three of them lost. And they didn't lose by, like, a 1% margin. It was more of, like, a 58% no margin. The They lost pretty handily, all things considered. And this was a pretty clear statement. And the thing was, I was looking over the proposals here. And there was a decent amount of taxpayer money, but it was majority from the NHL, the Coyotes, like a lot of this was going to be paid for privately. But, and I'm just going to take this from the article that Wyshynski had on ESPN. Those who opposed the project cited everything from use of public funds to traffic congestion to the desire to develop the land in other ways. There were questions about Marullo and the bitter split between the Coyotes and Glendale. The city of Phoenix also had pending litigation against the planned residential units in the district, claiming that violated the 1994 Intergovernmental Agreement on Noise Mitigation Fight Procedures. So, you know, just to sum it up, they just didn't want them there. You know, yeah. like considered, they just didn't want this project. They there were questions about public housing and things like that. But ultimately, they just said, we don't we're we don't give a shit about the Coyotes. We don't want this team there and we don't want this arena and this kind of development there. Did we you see did you see some of the interviews of the people who voted no, like voted against it? They like, I did not. There's this one guy who straight up looks like a pirate. Like <laughs> I are you ready, kids? I patch white beard earrings. i can't hear you <laughs> i i can't like it was so funny and i'm just like wow i can't believe pirates are keeping i mean they've they really think pirates would be into hockey you wouldn't think they'd be in the desert either you'd think they'd be more towards the water well that's they can't get back to the water because they got stranded in the desert because they don't have any water to get back there oh that's true yeah yeah you know, it's just facts right there simple yeah. facts yeah but like to, to put so the coyotes are looking at going back to the college arena this year at least according to bill daly and then it, i was already prepared to talk about this but then the coyotes had to make this all the funnier by putting out a poll on twitter a few minutes ago like about an hour and a half before we started recording it says pack we want to hear from you pack where pack that's how you want to address <laughs> this here where should the coyotes build our new home mesa scottsdale 
what is this one? Chandler? Chandler Bing? Chan- I never heard of Chandler. On Chandler Bing. Or on Ryan Gilbert. One of those. <laughs> Ryan Gilbert's tall, but I don't know if he can support an entire... Yeah, that's a lot. ...hockey team playing on every day. No, so it's it's Mesa, Scottsdale, Chandler, or Gilbert, which I've heard of two of these, but whatever. I'm just going to vote in it real quick, just to see how many... Okay, so there's 22,502 votes so far. So I'm going to vote for Scottsdale, a little Scottsdale Everyone wants right it in Scottsdale. Yeah. What are they 71% yeah. going Scottsdale. Everyone wants 15% it. Mesa, 6% Chandler Bing, 8% Ryan Gilbert. So we have a pretty clear consensus for Scottsdale. However, they didn't include the most important options here, like other cities, other states. <laughs> yeah, the most likely options here. Like, I don't know. It's It's... They're definitely trying. They're trying to make this happen. And I, I've been hearing that like some of the, uh, I think it was on 32 Thoughts, they were talking about this. Apparently, maybe the Phoenix Suns owner might be interested in taking them in. But like, it's still such a weird thing going. And like, I'm not surprised that they're staying around for another year in Arizona um, for two reasons. One, because they do want to try and make it work. I know the NHL probably wants to try and continue to make it work. Gary Bettman sure as shit does. Gary Bettman has fought for this like nothing else in his entire yeah. career. He's been fighting for this since 1996 at this point, since they moved the Winnipeg Jets to Phoenix, which, you know, that's a, a nice reminder because you might forget that this is the Jets, essentially, because the Jets are back there now. But the Coyotes were the Jets. They moved them out to the desert. And this is how much Gary really, really wants this to work, is he has just refused to put... He even gave the Jets a new franchise. He just wants this major market, this up-and-coming Phoenix market, to work no matter what. I mean, it. it's not totally blasphemous that he would want Arizona to work. I mean, I think it's a little insane at this point though, because as we've discussed at length on here, this is a project that he's tried to make worse since 1996. And it simply hasn't worked. They haven't had the attendance figures. They haven't had the buzz in the community. And it just, it doesn't seem like enough people want them there to show up regularly to really make this work because we've seen other franchises that has existed nearly as long as the Coyotes or longer where San Jose worked great. Nashville has worked great. Tampa Bay worked great. A lot of these have worked out, but then there's the Atlanta Thrashers who Atlanta is a pretty major media market and certainly a lot bigger since the NHL first tried there. So Atlanta didn't work and they moved on. And then this is, they they have just tried everything with this. And it really feels like the writing is on the wall. This is the, I think you should leave moment right here. And I'm not actually referring to the show. I'm just saying the phrase, I think you should leave. I think you should leave guys. I think you gotta go. And it doesn't seem like they're ready at all. I do understand the effort to keep them there because of the fact that it's such a huge market and you look at the teams that are there. You look at the Suns. They're doing great. The Cardinals are doing great. Uh, The Diamondbacks are doing fine. Like, I understand the effort, but, like, at this point... They're all doing pretty good. It it is officially reaching the point now where it's, like, how, like... you Something has to change. And, like, if they can't get an arena done... And, again, I think this is one of the reasons why they're going to be sticking around for another year for two reasons. Again, one, because they want to try it out, but like 
Also, it would be so hard to like just move the team immediately somewhere else this summer and have a whole This new... summer, the logistics would be difficult. Yeah. It would be for sure. But I, I, I don't know, man. Just call them the Coyotes and stick them somewhere else. Like Salt yeah. Lake City is one of the options. And I'd like to get into the city options in a moment. But Salt Lake City is an option that comes up, and uh, Utah. I do not want them go. I do not want them going there. Well, well, we'll talk about that. But Utah, their most famous sports product is the Utah Jazz, and let me tell you, folks, there ain't much jazz in Utah. No. Okay, <laughs> there's not a lot of ABV, and there's not a lot of jazz. So to just stick the Coyote name in Utah would be very appropriate for the Jazz. And there are, in fact, Coyotes in Utah. I'm sure there are Coyotes, coyotes everywhere. Coyotes. There are coyotes, coyotes in Central Park, but there are coyotes in Utah specifically. Just like those Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite name changes: the Vancouver the Seattle Kraken to Memphis. Well, the Seattle—that's a mythical creature. Well, no, that's a real thing. I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. That is an oh, existing animal that that prowls around underneath the surface of the water, ready to kill anything that comes near it. There is a difference between mythical creatures, though, and moving moving somewhere like where the name just doesn't make any more sense and just keep yeah, yeah, like which by the, the way, New I'm Jersey Devils. Well, no, the New Jersey Devils is appropriate because of the Jersey Devil. Well, that's a th- isn't that an urban legend thing? Yeah, it goes with yeah. the Kraken very well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I'm just okay, fucking, wait, like you're yeah, saying. I'm not pro. serious. Well, the- I'm not serious by saying the Kraken is real i know you're not serious yeah. about that, but i'm just saying like i i i i think it's funny when a team moves somewhere that the name just doesn't make any fucking sense anymore yeah. <laughs> like again the Vancouver grizzlies made a ton of sense the memphis grizzlies doesn't make any sense the utah Jets, the los angeles lakers lakers make i was about to sense. say yeah the lakers yeah. is they were minnesota and they're now minnesota. they're los angeles they i mean why aren't they the los angeles pacific oceans you know yeah it doesn't really flow off the tongue so much, whereas L.A. Lakers actually flows off the tongue pretty nice, even though it doesn't make any damn sense. So they could be the Coyotes anywhere, okay? You don't even have to change the name. You don't have to change the branding. The Kachina jerseys are beautiful. Keep, keep them. them. Yeah, keep the Coyotes, keep the name, keep the uniforms, but move them. If l- Listen, maybe the Coyotes might be able to pull off a miracle and they'll get some sort of situation where they do end up getting an arena in, in um, Scottsdale. I don't think that'll happen, but maybe it will. They can't keep playing in a college arena, though. It is such a laughing stock to the sports world. If they can't get that done, then to me, I feel like the best possible move would be Houston, right? I agree. And Houston makes so much sense if you're going to give up on Arizona, okay? If you're going to give up on that media market, Houston's number four in U.S. population. Houston yeah. makes so much sense. They're the city I have heard mentioned over and over in the past few years. Right. Like Seattle was Seattle and Vegas. Like that was all the buzz before they happened. Houston's the other one you always hear about. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's worked in Dallas. Like they might not have the, the greatest fan base in the NHL, but it's pretty strong. And they've been great in the playoffs this year. I think the Dallas fan base is pretty good. Like it's pretty good. I feel like they never have attendance issues. Um, even when they've struggled in the past, I feel like they do a pretty good job of bringing fans in. Maybe not like, maybe I just meant they aren't quite as noteworthy as some of the other successes with Southern hockey. Like the Nashville Predators are always the the bread and butter there. That's the one I always think of first for how successful it's been. Tampa. And Tampa, man. Tampa has always been impressive and people, I actually will like, 
you know when you're having like a polite conversation at a party and you usually like let somebody get away with a comment right if somebody tries to say like tampa or nashville has like a bet like hockey doesn't work there i will it doesn't matter who the the conversation is with i'll be like well actually yeah no that's just not true and like we're seeing it getting better in florida too i remember there was a point where people were saying like will the floridas be reloaded or the floridas will the panthers be relocated somewhere the fight in floridians right now like they're having good turnouts to their playoff games they're playing tonight at eight o'clock against the hurricanes go canes and it's just like actually i don't know who i want to win those series but it's regardless you you want me to win 75 dollars? no that's right but there is a way to make hockey work in the South. We've seen it many times. And like, I feel like Houston would be a natural landing spot for an NHL team because they already have the three other teams in the four major sports. So bring, bring in the NHL. And I feel like that would be a really, really cool. Um, I think it would work really well, especially with the natural rivalry with Dallas, like immediately it would be, contentious i think between the stars and the coyotes or perhaps they would change the name to the arrows i don't know but i think keep it coyotes man i th- I think the coyote name and branding is great it's just a matter of changing things around as far as the city goes like the, yeah. the city's the only thing i really want them to give up on and you know it'd be nice for dallas to have that that natural rival like we've seen Seattle and Vancouver with their proximity it already yeah. is pretty great. And also it would make the central a little bit more central because really the only odd team out in the central at that point would be Winnipeg. And that's just because they're Canadian. I mean, and Colorado's a little West, but I mean, you got Dallas, you got Minnesota, you got St. Louis, you got Chicago, Nashville. Like if you add Houston to that mix, that's actually a really nice mix ge- uh, geographically. Yeah, it is. So yeah, I think that would be the the city that makes the most sense if the if the Coyotes move, which it yes. sounds like they're it feels like they're gonna unless some miracle happens, they're gonna probably be moving. And I say Houston, not Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City can get the hell out of here. Uh, you don't want your 3% beer or whatever the who, tops is there. Who was like, when did they even show up to this party? Like, I don't know. I feel like they just showed up and they were just like, we want a team. And it's just like, who invited you here? We don't want well, you. <laughs> you see the people of Salt Lake city wear very inoffensive suits and ties. And they just kind of can blend in anywhere. They're like chameleons. Really? Keep that. Do not go to that dork city. Like, it is such a dork city. Don't go to the dork side. Don't go to the dork city, Steve. Like, Houston at least is an awesome city. From what I've heard, I've never been, but, like, I hear it's great. And it's huge. Like, it makes sense to put a team there. Salt Lake City, it does not make sense to have a team there in an area that, like, and granted, that I, I get it. The NHL traveled into uncharted waters by, you know, going to Vegas. That worked phenomenally well. I don't, Salt Lake City is not Las Vegas. Vegas is the entertainment capital of the United States. You know, like it made a ton of sense because it's a number one, you can get flights there constantly, you know, like opposing fans can get there so easily. But, you know, number two, like it was their first major sports team and they've embraced it like nothing else. Yeah, it's been great. Like and from the very start, they were insane about the Golden Knights there and people forget and they still are. People think that Vegas is just like the Las Vegas trip. Vegas is huge absolutely enormous the entire las vegas like valley 
all of Southern Nevada is crazy about the Golden Knights. It's not just Vegas. It's it. Henderson. It's even Pahrump. People in Pahrump like it. Which I think is... you're just making up words at this point. I don't <laughs> You would think I would be, but believe it or not, that's a real Pahrump. Pahrump. I don't believe that for a second. That's a Pahrump. Sound right. They have Pahrump. a thing in Southern Nevada. I imagine this is in more places too, but they have a thing that's everywhere, a store that's all over the place in Las Vegas called Boot Barn. Boot so it's just barn. Like, gotta go to Boot Barn, get some boots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotta go to Boot, boot barn. barn, Steve. Get right some... over from the dork side to the Boot Barn. There you go. To the Boot Barn to the dork side. So Houston is a very logical option. Salt yes. Lake City, no thanks. I'm good. Atlanta was mentioned, but I saw that Atlanta might not have the infrastructure a place to play. I guess the Hawks Stadium really couldn't work for them. I don't I Can don't we know. just talk about how Kevin Weeks is just posting cities like pictures of every city skyline? <laughs> like Kevin with Weeks, like, man. He's eventually he's gonna get it right. So just you shotgunning it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I just started blasting. Eventually he'll be right. So, but yeah, Atlanta would, doesn't make sense. Atlanta, I mean, it's a bit, Atlanta doesn't, it doesn't. It's a bigger media market than it was back then. But I mean, it didn't work back then. It wasn't even yeah. close to working. And I they tried I, it I, twice and both times. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a bigger city now than it was either time, but I don't just, I just don't see it working. I don't think it really I don't know. I, don't I think know. Houston is a better gamble than Atlanta. No, for sure. I, I agree with that. Quebec always comes up in these. They've had a stadium built for years for this. I know. And yeah. nothing nothing has happened. For I Quebec. legit want Quebec to have it. Like, it's weird that they don't have a team right now. Like I, It I have, is. Like, I, and and everyone have the Nordiques saying, back. Yeah, everyone's been saying, like, bring back the Nordiques. Just relocate them. But if they do that, then it'll throw off the balance of the conferences. And, and, oh. st- and introduce another team. That, see, that's the thing. Like, Move the Devils. Put the put the Red Wings back in the West. Or the Islanders. Oh, the Red Wings. Dude, the Red Wings would throw a shit fit if you tried to put them out West. Because they fought for years to get into the East. Like, they fought tooth and nail to get into the East. They really needed in. Because Detroit, weirdly, is in the Eastern time zone. Oh, really? Yes, it is insane. Oh, that's so weird. I didn't know that. It's really trippy. I know. I, <laughs> I had no idea. the first time I went to Chicago, I flew through Detroit. Which, by the way, is one of the silliest layovers I've had in my life. Yeah, that's Because useless. it was a 45-minute flight from Detroit to Chicago. The plane basically went like, whoop, just like one arc. It was not... I'm surprised it was, it was even... I'm surprised it was even that long a flight. It was weird, man. It was weird. And, it, by the way, crazy airport in Detroit. Like, Dude, I like love that. Stuff. Dude, it's the, cool. Dude, yeah, the tunnel with the lights. Yeah. I, that's yeah. my favorite airport. I love cool the Detroit airport. airport. Yeah. But uh, Detroit, like they, yeah, you're. So I went, I I changed time zones going from Detroit to Chicago, and I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. I don't I understand. Yeah. But Detroit's in the East, so they were starting their games later. So for them, it was a huge deal to get into the East. So they they will not go back. I think okay. they would rather secede from the NHL than go back to the Western Conference. I suppose that makes a little. Bit I sense. would. Uh, we could throw your favorite team, Columbus, back over to the West. Get them the yeah. Put them in the west. Were they in the west? I don't know. Remember, I feel like they were, but I I can't remember offhand. I'm gonna look it up. Blue Jackets Western Conference. While I look that up, 
the greater Toronto area was brought up again. The GTA. No, thanks. All right, here we go. Let's see. So we got, yeah, the only team that would make sense to go West would be Detroit. Yeah. And the blue jackets were in the Western conference. I thought I remembered that. So, I mean, you could do Columbus, but like they moved over with Detroit because yeah. it, again, it made a lot of sense for both of them. I, I would rather just, I don't want to dilute the pro uh, the product more than it's already been diluted, but if you're good, well, I would number one, you're never going to move the Islanders or the devils, but like, I would love to fucking move the Islanders or the devils up there and just have the East balance that way. Cause yeah. that'll never know, happen. Like they don't need literally three teams never. there though. They don't need three teams in that market. They don't, but it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. No. And look to, to be, to be fair, the Islanders have a very dedicated fan base and the devils have a small dedicated fan base of ass wipes, but it's, I still hate them all. Uh, if you know, Hey, I don't want to dilute the product that much more, but you know what? Fine. Bring in two teams, bring in a Quebec team and bring in, I don't fucking know another team in the West. I don't even know where you put it, but okay. So they've been talking about expansion too. Like apparently the NHL like is, is not totally against expanding to 34 teams, which I think is dumb right now, but yeah. Yeah. Gary. Let me tell you, we don't have to suck up to Gary anymore because he just gave the fucking he's dead, draft he's dead to Chicago. us. Oh he's, boy, is he dead to us? Oh, he's been dead to me. He's not tall. He's not tan. Not handsome. Not handsome. Definitely he's, not. He stinks. He's no good. So we're saying no to the GTA, right? We don't Toronto team two. No, thanks. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh... it would do well, but who cares? I don't care about that. I want variety. Kansas City. No, you know who's into Kansas City? One Patrick Mahomes. He is. He is. Patrick Mahomes tweeted about being into, about bringing the Coyotes to Kansas City the other day. And I know the Kelsey brothers on their podcast have talked about, the, you know, playing hockey growing up and everything. So I think Travis Kelsey would be into it. So Kansas City, I mean, you'd have some support from uh, from the big team there. But, you know, also fuck the Chiefs. But uh, here's the thing about Kansas City. They need to remain open. Because at any moment, the Pittsburgh Penguins could run over there. You know, I mean, Kansas City needs to be a Penguins town. Yeah. <laughs> got to save the seat. Got to keep the seat warm, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, like Kansas City, I want nothing to do with that. They Why don't is that? Deserve, they don't deserve a team. I don't think Why? they deserve a team right now. Oh, just because of the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, that. But, like, also, I don't know. It just feels like a weird place for there to be a hockey team right now. Kansas City Coyotes. They almost got the Penguins, man. Yeah, I don't know. The KCC. Would they bring back the Kansas City Scouts? No. They got to they stay the Coyotes no matter where they go. You down with KCC? I'm not down with KCC. You don't know me. I don't. <laughs> not at all. But regardless, I think they just need to stop it with the goddamn Arizona shit. Okay? Like, we tried it. It produced Austin Matthews. Great. But we gotta move on. This is just banging our head against the wall. With a quote that the, the Eagles fans would always bring up with Andy Reid back in the day. It was like, hey, Angelo, you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Oh, wow. I'll hang up and listen. Oh, wow. 
but like people will quote that constantly but you know what it is true it is insane to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results and that's the nhl in arizona at this point it's not gonna work guys let's move the fuck on and call it a day yeah no i mean i hope it works i hope somehow they find a way but i don't think they're gonna and i feel like houston's the move it, well, I feel I like mean, Houston, Houston, Houston should be the, the move, I, but I have a weird feeling that they're going to end up going to Salt Lake City, which is so dumb. I don't Salt care. Lake City! Dork City. Dork City. Come it's to the dork side. Big old city of dorks. Yes. yes. They tried to kill Michael Jordan there. <laughs> you know it's good at basketball. Michael Jordan. Yeah. And they tried to kill him. That's, That's true, the kind of people and... live there, Steve. They also, John a Cultural Stockton. legend. John Stockton's like their biggest star ever, and he sucks. I don't even know who that guy is. You don't know who John Stockton is? Nope. The man with the shortest shorts in NBA history? Oh, no. I don't know. John Stockton might be the whitest basketball player of all time. More so than Larry Bird? Yes. Google a picture of John Stockton right now. John Stockton. Stockton. S. S-T-O-C-K-M-A-N. Oh, he's not even that old. Wow, yeah, those are some uh, those are some shorts. Yeah. But it, probably the whitest basketball player of all time. Wait, what, did I say Stockman? No, it's Stockton. No, Stockton, yeah, you got it. Yeah, why did I say, why did I spell it Stockman? I don't know. <laughs> Pick the wrong day to quit sniffing glue. Another <laughs> so, reason yeah. why there shouldn't be a hockey team there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Short shorts. Short shorts. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers for an abrupt transition here. And because, you know, I'm done with the Arizona Coyotes. It's time to move on. Let's talk about our beloved and hated Philadelphia Flyers. And so we talked last week at length about Danny Briere taking the reins officially, getting the interim tag removed. Keith Jones has taken the presidency unexpectedly. And they had the intro press conference last week, and it's my understanding that you drove up from Virginia for this in the wee hours of the morning. I did, yes. And it was good to be up there, good to be at this event of a press conference, because this was not any normal press conference. Like, it was... So, yeah. So it, walk us through the press conference and your your thoughts on what the Flyers said that day. So, okay, so... First things first, normally I feel like they would have a press conference like this at like the skate zone in Voorhees or if they do it in the arena for whatever reason, they would probably do it in just like the media like press conference room. They had this press conference on the floor of the arena. Oh, wow. And there was an audience like there was like, I don't know, like 200 chairs set up. Something like, like that. season ticket holders. So, like there were fans. There was a, like a high school hockey team there. It was wild. And then they had the jumbotron, the massive TV screen in the middle hanging from the ceiling. They had that lowered to ice level. And on the middle of it, it said new era of orange. It was like this huge thing. And it was, I, I've never seen a press conference like this before for the flyers. So clearly they were trying to prove a point that this is a new direction that they're going and, you know, things are changing. Things are different. Um, in something that a word that got thrown around a lot during everyone's introductory presser was collaboration. It seems like there's going to be a lot of collaboration. They want the hockey and business side to work together in tandem 
and they want Danny Briere and um, Keith Jones and John Tortorella to all have their kind of opinions thrown out there and they all want their opinions holding a good, a decent amount of weight. At the end of the day, Danny Briere is going to be the one making the decisions. The hockey decisions are Danny Briere's. That's, that's him. That's his realm. But like everyone, the general consensus is that everyone wants to have their opinions voiced and heard. And Danny Briere has said, I want everyone to tell me what they think. If, you know, if they agree or if they don't agree, they don't agree. But like he wants to hear everyone's opinion. He doesn't want to have, quote, yes men and yes women. Like he wants to hear unique opinions that aren't his as well. So it's an interesting, yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic that they're building. And like, um, it's something that stood out to me the most was after the presser, there were like individual scrums for Keith Jones and Dan Hilferty, Danny Briere. And, um, I asked Keith Jones, I was saying, what is the number one priority on your to-do list right now? Like you start Monday, what's the top thing on your to-do list? And he said, bring everyone together. Because something that I've noticed over the last, you know, couple of years is that people have been, you know, it's been getting outside the building that like people haven't exactly been having the best experience working with the Flyers. And uh, okay, I'm glad he noticed that because yeah. you know, as somebody who's been talking about this for years at this point, this is uh, uh not quite a breath of fresh air, but it's nice to know that somebody in that building has noticed that we're pissed off. Yeah, and well, no, I think he's talking about like internally, like people who work for the Flyers haven't been happy working for the Flyers. And ah, I fe- well, that's also the impression I've gotten. And I feel like, and this honestly seems to be the entire. Um, the main reason why Keith Jones is the president of hockey ops is he essentially is going to be the team builder. And that's kind of how they described him. He's going to be responsible for team building and connecting the hockey and business side. He is going to go around and make sure that everyone's happy. And he's going to, he's going to be Keith Jones. He's going to be Jonesy. Um, he even Hello, said that. Jonesy. He said, I'm not Keith. I'm Jonesy. I'm always going to be Jonesy. And that's kind of his role is going around the organization and making sure that everyone is happy and feeling good about what they do and making the Flyers an organization that people want to work for again. I think he'll do great at that. I think he's going to do a terrific job at being like the team builder and making people feel uh, comfortable in, you know, working for the Flyers. And it's now granted, like, people might have concerns. Oh, he's, he loves Risto. He's going to make Danny Briere sign a bunch of Risto's. Like that's not going to be the case. Danny Briere is not dumb. (laughs) And I don't think, I don't think uh, Keith Jones wants that either. I know he's, he really likes Risto. We've seen him. He talks about him quite a bit. He talks about him all the time. But like, I think if you ask Keith Jones, he's not going to say, Oh, give me a full blue line full of Risto's. Like (laughs) I I would hope so. No one would want that. I I did have to laugh though. Cause Frank Saravalli put out uh, an interview with Jonesy the other day where Jonesy said the blue line to me is the most important thing. We want to have a really advanced back end. And we were laughing a little bit in the slack about that just because it's like, don't tell me Risto is the like main go-to there because as much as the Risto Alliance might be getting behind Rasmus over here, most people know he's not a very good defenseman and he took some strides under torts last he year. He did. He got better. 
it got better, but he's still not a $5 million a season defenseman. Yeah. But the thing is like, okay, I, I certainly hope that's not the case. And from what the, what we're being told up front is that Jonesy will be more of the, you know, the glue guy here. Yes. He's the glue guy. He's fa- He's like the public facing guy. Um, yeah, I think yeah, he's, yeah. Well, and the thing was, the rumor is that it came down to two communications guys, both broadcasters. It was either Jonesy or Eddie Olchick, and they're both broadcasters on the national level. So clearly, based off of like the rumors and the hiring process, or of based on our understanding of it, they were going for more of a communication skill set yeah. in this position. And the thing about the presidency is it's a pretty variable position. It's not as cut and dry as like a GM or a head coach. Yeah. And honestly, I think I know when it was announced that he was going to be, that he was one of the top candidates. And then hours later, it was pretty much confirmed that he was going to be the new president of hockey operations. People were really confused. They were like, why him of all people? Why is he going to be the new president of hockey ops? And like, Honestly, you never see a broadcaster jump into the front office like that. It was bizarre. It's it's a definitely an interesting transition, but it's also he brings a unique perspective to the table where and I asked him this during the presser. I said like, you know, what what tools did you gain or what did you learn during your broadcasting days that could help you excel in this role? And he basically said, "I know everybody. Everyone I know GMs, I know head coaches, I know players, I know presidents of other teams. Like I have talked to everyone and I have those connections and I know how other people think. I know how other people work and he can, that's something he can help with Danny Briere. Like when it comes to like making trades and stuff is like, Hey, I know how this GM likes this, these types of guys or, you know, so it's an interesting dynamic that he kind of brings to the role that like perhaps if the Flyers were to hire someone else, the president of hockey ops, um, they might not be able to have that same role or the, that same insight. So it's an interesting, definitely an interesting viewpoint that he brings. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not something anyone was expecting. And again, I want to stress, he's not going to have his fingerprints all over every single trade that happens more than likely. His job is very much to be the team builder and to keep everyone happy. But like it, he, it's just an interesting kind of uh, dynamic that he kind of brings along with him that I think could be useful. You know, it could be useful. And again, I, I like how they've drawn this up. We'll see how it works in execution. And it's very interesting also that they want to keep Torts as involved with the front office stuff as they do. because He's going to be, when he's done coaching, he's going to be like part of the front office for a long time, I feel like. That seems to be where this is going because the like he has never been like so revered before with any of his previous teams. And like ever since he joined the Flyers, it's been like, guys, we got John Tortorella. And they just love this guy. And like, so I got to admit, the Flyers should have been the worst team in the NHL last season. John Tortorella, the fact that he got them to be this only the seventh worst team is honestly a small miracle. Given hey, this is not to take anything away from Chicago, who clearly aimed to be the worst team in the yeah. league and almost did it. Almost did it. If the Flyers hired any other coach, there's there's a very good chance that the Flyers are bottom three in the NHL. 
John Tortorella, I feel like, got a lot out of this team last season. And, I mean, we kind of saw it towards the middle of the year. Like, they weren't really getting blown out like they were during the 2021-22 season. Like, they were, if they were down three, four goals in this after the second period, the third period, they would make it a one-goal game. Like, all often. Like, how many times did they force overtime? No, there was a lot more fight in the team this year. That's yeah. that's for sure. Uh, now, was it too much fight given the situation? Well, ask Chuck Fletcher and he'll probably say, well, you know, we thought we were competitive, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I think they should have tanked more. But that's just me. But uh, it's good moving forward that, you know, Torts is a guy who at least seem, at least for now, seems to be inspiring his guys to to be their best selves. And it's it's not going to be boring this year. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I'm I, I'm intrigued. I'll say that much. I am intrigued in a way that maybe I haven't been in a couple of years. I am very curious to see how this experiment goes. Yeah, there are a lot of question marks still. Like I, I want to see some trades, and not because like I'm like I'm not saying that out of like I'm bored. I want to see some sh- do stuff. Like I'm excited to see trades because I want to. I mean, well, two reasons. One, this team needs change. And two, I want to see how this dynamic kind of works with Briere and Tortorella and Keith Jones all kind of working together. And again, Briere is going to be the kind of the, the ringleader in all this. He's going to be the one who really is doing the negotiating and making the deals happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to see, I want to start seeing results. I want to start seeing what is going to come out of this this new um, uh, quintet of leadership from the Flyers. For sure. And th- there's so many trades to be made right now. And there's other teams that are looking to blow things up and, and really change their ways. And I think the most notable one out there is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have had just another just gut wrenching loss in the playoffs just got blown kind of away funny. basically by the Panthers it was very funny and <laughs> the Leafs are yet again saying where did we go wrong because they had a tremendous team on paper they shouldn't have lost to the Panthers at least on paper and it really feels like they got to change something and I saw an intriguing tweet the other day I don't think this would work out but I was interested by it so this was from User Sean Hashim said, let me cook for a sec. The Leafs need a stud goalie. The Flyers need to replace aging 30 plus year old wingers to better align with their 25-ish core. To Toronto, Carter Hart. To Philadelphia, Mitch Marner. Toronto adds picks or takes on cap to make it happen. That would be wildly chaotic. But it would be. I'm into wow. it. I'm into the chaos now, I, there. I'll say Mitch this. Marner would hate Philadelphia. Uh, but I think this is I think both teams would benefit from getting spicy and doing some weird fucking trades together. You know what? I wouldn't be like, honestly, like I don't think Mitch Marner would be quite. I don't think he'd be quite the fit with Philly. But you know who I think could fit? Maybe. William Nylander who I, I think he's definitely on the block. Yeah, but you wouldn't even trade Phil Myers for him, so why would you? <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. Phil Myers, yeah. come on. No, I think Nylander's fantastic. I would love to to work a trade yeah, for Nylander. I think he was one of the best players on the Leafs throughout the playoffs. And he's exactly what the Flyers need. 
good scorer. He's a playmate. He's kind of he's really a complete player. I, I mean, I think I know Mitch Marner's uh, revered for his defensive play as well. But um, and I know Torts would love that. But I don't know. I, I think William Nylander is a interesting. Th- I don't think Torts would like Nylander as much as Marner. But that's an interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting think piece. Yeah, and I, I just think it's it's. I want to see Danny Breer really go outside the box and, and make some big swings because I think one of the most intriguing storylines in this postseason right now is the team that took the biggest swing last offseason is the one being rewarded right now, and that's Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers, it was a hell of a move to trade Huberdeau to get Kachuk, and it has worked out fantastically for them. Yeah. That was a team that really made a big break up the core move, and it worked out tremendously for them. It's like Matthew Kachuk has that dog in him. And, like, those are the types of players that I feel like the Flyers need more of. Like, they need more players with that dog in them. And that's why I kind of like William Nylander a lot, is because I know he's got that dog in him. That's why I wanted them to trade for Kachuk so badly, because he's got that dog in him. Um, that's why I like Konechny so much because he's got that dog in him. Like, I love it when players are oozing with confidence and they're just like, I'm him. Get out of the way. You know what I mean? And I feel like the Flyers need so much more of that because that's that Claude Giroux had that Konechny kind of has that. That's why I like the current Eagles so much. Not to bring up Howie Roseman again, but the Eagles have a number. And I think that's why this is such a popular phrase with us right now that that have that dog in them because the Eagles keep saying that because the Eagles have a number of guys like that. Jalen Hurts is one of the most quietly confident guys I've ever seen. He's just like a cool, confident freaking guy. Yeah. And like, they just have a bunch of dudes. Like um, you look at Asan Reddick, like dude went ham in the most important games of the year. Take away the Super Bowl, but that was because... Fucking turf. The the, the turf. It was so bad. God damn it. In the lead up to that, he was unstoppable, you know? and But getting guys with the right attitude, getting... What I want to see the Flyers do is really commit to building a proper team of competitors, guys who really... Because that's how you you win the fans back, is if you get these players with the... Because that's also the Philly attitude, you know? People will misinterpret that for wanting grit gritty fourth liners but really it's just we want guys who are just fucking like maniacs out there absolute competitors like nathan mckinnon for instance like obviously the flyers aren't getting nathan mckinnon but nathan mckinnon is one of those guys who absolutely has that fucking dog in him and is just an absolute competitor the guy is a hockey machine he lives to play hockey and we just want those guys that really go out there and that's what they want man like they want to win the goddamn hockey game and that's all they want to do in this world right yeah yeah i know and i again and that's that's probably the biggest thing about the leafs right now is they don't have enough guys like i mean that's what the questions are i wouldn't really question austin matthews on that but like the questions being asked, like, do their big guys, do Marner, do Matthews, are these the guys that really want it enough? And I know that's an unfair question to ask of anybody, especially people as incredibly talented as them, but the question is being asked. Well, that's the thing. Like, a lot of times those, like, some of their top players vanish in the playoffs. And it makes you wonder, like, you know, a lot of people probably think, do they want it? Do they want it enough? I mean, the question gets asked in the playoffs. It, it, it's always a part of playoff culture. I mean, Joel Embiid just won the fucking MVP of the league this year. And 
after going out to, frankly, I think a superior opponent in the second round, but it was a series the Sixers absolutely could have had. Yeah. People are questioning, is Joel Embiid the guy for this team? Is, you know, the, the guy to build around? I don't think that's really fair because I think he's a fantastic basketball player. And I think changing the coach as they're going to do because they fired uh doc rivers by glenn uh very nice guy glenn rivers but uh you know doesn't adapt very well i'm glad you're bringing up basketball because you look at the miami heat who do they have jimmy butler jimmy butler has that fucking dog in him man. he is him and he is literally him and like that that is like one of those my dad actually texted me earlier today and said did the sixers fire the guy who decided to go with Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler because like, like it, just thinking, looking back, going with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler Crazy. is absolutely insane. Cause yeah. Jimmy Butler is one of the best, like Philly guys of all time. Jimmy Butler is a guy who steps up to the plate when he has to absolute fierce competitor. And I just like, that's what the flyers need to build. They need a, build a team that wants to beat the shit out of the other team that wants to win. And I'm not talking broad street bullies physically beat the shit out of them. I want them to put up like nine goals on the other team every night, you know, just dominate the game. And I feel like Tortorella is a good guy for installing that attitude. Like the leap that Morgan Frost took last year where Morgan Frost really couldn't do anything notable. And by the end of the year was actually a competent hockey player. Like that was great to see. And I I think he really instilled a lot of that, that attitude in him that he was lacking. And if, and Travis Konechny also Travis Konechny, really an inconsistent player throughout his career. Love Travis Konechny. The jerk store called her all out of you, but you're your all-time bestseller. But Travis Konechny <sighs> is a guy who could definitely be accused of being inconsistent in his play. And I felt like this is by far his most consistent, dominant year in the NHL. And, you know, I got to say, he worked really well with John Tortorella. And we didn't expect that to happen. No, we didn't. We thought, I think, I, I thought Kevin Hayes was going to work well towards. Because, like, when he first came to Philly, so many people talked about, like, oh, yeah, he's, like, you know, good two-way center. And then, like... After watching him a couple of years, I was like, eh, he's, he could be better defensively. And I just figured, I thought Torts was going to try and push him. I, I thought it was going to be a better dynamic between the two. I thought Hayes I was going to respond man. better. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. He couldn't respond to I, I like thought it, I thought Konechny was going to be a trade. These guys were oil and water, man. Oil and water, Torts and Hayes. It, it did not work out together. And... We're probably going to see Kevin Hayes get traded this offseason. I'd be yeah. very surprised if he wasn't. There's an, I, yeah, I don't know how he stays. Yeah. But I, I like that we at least have the potential for the front office m- making some leaps and bounds. And I think maybe my favorite thing is the fact that we don't know what's going to happen. Like with Chuck Fletcher, he became pretty predictable, you know? He's going to bring in some boring sack of shit. He's going to make some just uninspiring moves. Ron Hextall, I'm not going to do anything at all. I have no plan. And Ron Hextall only cared about emptying cap space and then not doing anything with it, which still is insane. That's what's frustrating to me about Hextall. Like, he was hired to, like, clean up the cap. And then when And then, and he did a great job at that. And then once that was done, it was like, okay, what do I do now? And then he just didn't know what to do after that. It's like, dude, what do you think you do? You You don't keep making cap space. You go out and fill it with good players. Not JVR. Get, get, well, I I mean, I like the JVR signing at the time. He was good at the time. Yeah. But like, like, that was it. That was it. 
Yeah, like do something, you know, Get like right be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. That's actually, I, I'm a little surprised that Toronto didn't do better because Ryan O'Reilly is one of those guys with that dog in him. Ryan O'Reilly is a great competitor, and I thought that was such a great pickup for them, but just ultimately not enough of a, a complete team there. And the other interesting case with that is the other big Canadian team, the Edmonton Oilers, who they have two of the most talented players. I was cracking up when I was looking at ESPN earlier at some stats, and... I saw the leaders in four different categories and they were all Oilers in goals, assists, points, uh, GAA and save percentage. So that's five categories. And it was an Oiler for every one of them. Points, it was McDavid. Goals, it was Dreisaitl. Uh, assists, it was Bouchard. GAA and save percentage, it was Jack Campbell. And granted, Campbell only played a couple games, so it's yeah. not really fair for him. But the fact is, like, they had guys who were statistical leaders all across the board and they still couldn't get it done. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you have, when your two best players are making as much as Dreisaitl and McDavid are, but granted, I would, that said, I would still take them on the flyers at their current salary. Oh, like in a hard, are you fucking kidding me? Of so, course. They're two of the best. Yeah. So at that point you just have, that's when as a GM, you have to start finding those good gamble players who are like not that expensive, but like their production is good. They gotta get they gotta get rid of Holland so bad. Yeah, like I, I can't believe Ken Holland is the GM of that team. And that's a team that desperately needs somebody younger and somebody with a new viewpoint. Like what my hopes for Danny Briere are that he can do something new with this team and bring in a more modern sensibility. Because the, he's actually played with the he signed a contract under the salary exactly. cap era. Yeah. And they're and that's not necessarily what Ken Holland's failing is. And he, he made some better moves this year to try and position that team. But they got to get creative when they, they that's a team that needs to embrace the money ball of it all because they are spending so much money on Dreisaitl and McDavid that they really need to just find the cream of the crop for everybody else to really fill in the blanks. And also the thing is Edmonton despite being, you know, a decent Canadians, like it's not a top destination in the NHL. And we've seen it with some of the American players, like Johnny Gaudreau, half the reason he even came, didn't re-sign with Calgary. He wanted to come back closer to home, right. closer to the U S and I mean, granted that's also Johnny Gaudreau's an American, but a lot of these players don't want to go up and play in Canada. No, I, well, unless it's Toronto, then you do Toronto. Yes, because Toronto, but Toronto is also like a very central hub. Whereas Edmonton's like Edmonton, Calgary, they're out West Canada. They're not quite as close to everything, you know, right. The and travel maybe, sucks. Maybe yeah. I'm being unfair to them, but I don't think I am based off of a lot of what I've heard from, you know, agents and free agents over the years and everything. So the thing is though, they need somebody who can get a little bit more creative and bringing talent to Edmonton to play with because it, it, it's insane that the best player in the game by a wide margin. And this is not to discount all the other amazing talents, including Leon Dreisaitl, but McDavid is just a he's, phenom. He's the best. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's probably the most talented player I've ever seen. I said this before, like, Wayne Gretzky is the best player of all time, right? But, like, McDavid, I think, is the most talented. He's just ridiculous skill-wise. One could argue that he that McDavid is the best of all time. And if he played in the Gretzky era, he would have gone just as ridiculous. Like, he would have gone absolutely bonkers. Only one guy's got those numbers, though. 
Yeah. So, oh no, you're right. I, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. Well, uh, and the other thing is though, Gretzky has also got them cups, right? He does. Gretzky's and McDavid does not. So McDavid does not. And even if he gets like a cup, I don't know when that's going to happen though, because they got to just they got to part with Ken Holland. Like it's funny with the Leafs, it's not so. Much, I don't really blame Dubas that much because I think Dubas is good. Maybe not quite the genius they all make him out to be. Oh, he signed the top free agent. He's a genius. Shut up. But he did everything he could. You but know, he's good. He, he, like he at some good. point, you have to start putting the blame a little bit on the players because, like, sure, look who look what he's done. He's put together an all these incredible teams. He went out and got Ryan O'Reilly. He went out and he got Mark Giordano. Like he was aggressive in acquiring well, Giordano's good players. Old as shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But that. it's not like he's horrible. I never said he was horrible. I never said but he was like, horrible. I he said went he was out overrated. and acquired all these good players, and or, or at least notable players, and w- with plenty of playoff experience, and the team is just not doing it on the oh, ice. He has to change things up there if he comes back because his contract's up, right? His contract's up, and he's trying to figure out where he's where he's going to go next. It doesn't sound like he's going to Pittsburgh. But he's trying to figure – he's very, very unsure of what I, his I next need, step is. I need two names to not be the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins next year. One of them's Kyle Dubas, and the other one's Eric Tulski. Cannot have either one of them. In Tulski's, Tulski's in the running right now. He's so. in the running. He's in there. Dr. T, don't do it. Don't do it, Dr. T. We don't want that. But, no, I was, I was just saying, like, it's a very different situation. I think the Oilers need to move on for their GM desperately. And – Dubas, I think, should stay in Toronto, but they need to mix up the core in some way. And they really have to... Toronto has to work on that defense. They have to get some gutsy, younger defensemen in there, some guys who can really shut shit down. That's what... One of the best things Carolina's got going for them right now is Jacob Slavin. Jacob Slavin has he's been fantastic. Yeah. He's he's crazy good. And he's half the reason that Carolina is where they are right now. And we're going to see, we're recording this on Thursday night. So Carolina and Florida are going to play tonight. And I could be eating my words and the, the Florida Panthers might beat the shit out of the Carolina Hurricanes. But I think the Carolina Hurricanes are in the position they're in, uh, A, the system they play is great. Rob Brendamore, tremendous coach. Uh, and Dr. T has helped build a great roster there. Uh, but the other thing is, Jacob Slavin's just a phenomenal talent, a true one defenseman. Yeah, no, he's... I mean, it's a shame that winning the... Um, oh, God. what is, the, Winning the Norris is, like, so stats-dependent because Jacob Slavin, one could argue, is, like, the most complete defenseman in the NHL. Um, he's just so good defensively and he's like offensively, he's no slouch either. And it's just so fun watching him play. Just shut. You can't go near him. He's good. Like he shuts down to everything. There's, you shouldn't even try. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I mean, it's God. And I'll give, I'll give credit to the Oilers cause they did go out and get an elite defenseman in Matias Ekholm. That was a tremendous pickup. Yeah, that, that was, was good. Yeah. That was certainly one part of the puzzle there, but they really... I don't know what the Oilers have to do. I just know they have to move on from Ken Holland, but I like the Ekholm pickup. Toronto needs somebody like Ekholm, desperately. They they really just need stability like on that back end. They're so stacked on offense, but they really need those guys on the back end. And goaltending. And goaltending. Well, and I, I'm... They that's need what a goalie. I mean. Back end, I'm talking defense and goalie. Like, oh, okay. They need the whole package for not letting that puck in the net. Yeah. I mean, Simsonov, he played well 
at times this year, but like he's not the answer. Not it's at all. It's not Matt Murray. It's not Matt Murray. Matt Murray's like definitely not Matt Murray. No, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Maybe it is I, Carter Hart. Maybe Who's it is. I, make it happen. Let's make it I'll happen. I'll say this on on not I think it was I think it was last Friday's episode of 32 Thoughts. Elliot Friedman mentioned Carter Hart as a player who like could they would listen on. Yeah. Yeah. It's intriguing. I mean, I'm not going to be happy that I owe Pittsburgh Steve a nice bottle of booze if Carter Hart gets traded, but I made a I made a bet a couple years ago that if Carter Hart is traded within the next five years, I owe him a nice bottle of booze, and I'm kind of getting ready to buy that yeah, nice bottle of booze. You're gonna need for to him. get that bottle. Yeah, but at this point, I'm kind of cool with it because of the timeline and everything. And you know what? Yeah, let's get fucking weird, man. Let's make some weird shit happen with this team. So I know we're running a little well, not long by old fly purbly standards, but maybe by current standards, but. I just wanted to briefly mention the other two teams that lost out so far in the playoffs. So the Kraken, hell of a run for the Kraken. I'm very impressed by this no-name roster that has put together this run and went to two game sevens with the Avs and the Stars and didn't come out over the Stars. But man, that was a great, great playoff debut for this team. I see you, Hack. Hacking. The Seattle Hacking. Windsurfing his way to victory. Yes, he is. Well, until he lost. Yeah, which is funny. Still, well, you know, still kind of. It, is, it but, is still funny. It is. Yeah, but no, I mean, dude, the Kraken were great. It was fun watching them. I love. I, I don't know what took so long for Seattle to get a team, but like, dude, well, I don't know the arena either. situation. But like, they are such a good fan base up there. I love that I love Kraken it. fan base. Get get that city another basketball team too. Bring back the SuperSonics. Come on, that's a yeah. crime to this day that the SuperSonics were taken from Seattle. They'll be back. They'll, they'll be, be back. They'll be back. But the the Kraken, that was awesome to see. Fantastic crowd. Love to see it. I also love to see the New Jersey Devils lost out to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes beat the shit out of the Devils, and I loved every second of it. And yes, I do know the Devils are young and fun and not the Devils of old. But you know what I still say? Fuck them. I do love Jack Hughes. I'm not going to. He's no amazing. To, and he's I hate so that he's fun. amazing. He's so much fun. I hate that he's good. I really hate it. <sighs> Let's talk about these current playoffs. So we got the Canes and Panthers. Tara Vinan's back from his broken hand already. That's okay. I'm curious to see how he's going to perform, but I'm stoked he's back. Like he's, I don't know, man. It's honestly incredible that they've made it this far without one of their, one of their top pieces. Like, cause they, it's not like they've, they lost a couple guys, man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, not Sergachev. Um, Svechnikov they lost, Tara Vinen, um, and it's just, I don't know, I it's really impressive that they've been able to like kind of get through that adversity and make it to the to the conference final. And now we get the storyline we've all been waiting for, Shane Gostaspare versus his childhood team. I swear to God, Steve, Ghost in, oh my God, Ghost. I want this. Ghost, I want Ghost to hoist that cup, man. He I needs that cup. Ghost for this. I it did, <laughs> We didn't talk about this, but how about the guy who showed up at the Hurricanes game in a Flyer Shane Gostas Bear jersey that he had like taped an impromptu like Hurricane logo over the Flyers crest? King. King shit. So good. I think they got him a jersey at that game or something <laughs> to wear instead. But I thought it was hilarious that he showed up like that. We we are very pro ghost on this, and I hope he he does great. So uh, who do you got in the series right now? Who are you feeling early on? I'm gonna take the Panthers. All right, I'm taking, I'm taking the Canes. The 
sticking with my bet, going with the Canes. I, I like the, the pants offense has been fantastic. Bob has been good enough and certainly living up to his contract, but I think the Canes just have the, the defensive system going, man. But uh, why do you like the pants in this one? Well, Carter Verhage is just going ham right now. And then Matthew Kachuk, like we were talking about, he's just, he is someone who, he changes that team. He's, he is carrying that team both spiritually and on the ice. And um, I think he's, he's honestly one of my favorite players in the entire league right now. I love Matthew Kachuk. He's so great. Was he a finalist for Hart? I think he was uh, one of the finalists, right? He has to be. Yeah. I don't know if he is, but he's got to be. I think he was, yeah. He uh, finished fifth, or not finished. He's currently fifth in the NHL players uh, with uh, 16 points. So fifth in points with 16. I don't know why yeah. I found that so hard to say. But he uh, is currently fifth. And, I mean, if you consider half those players were eliminated because they were on the Oilers, he's really up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I'm taking the Panthers now. Um, the big question mark is really for this entire series is kind of goaltending. It'll be interesting to see if Bob continues playing well. And Freddie Anderson's put up some great numbers since he's come in. He's got a 1.8 GAA, a 931 save percentage. He's second in GAA, third in save percentage. So Freddie Anderson, I mean, a pretty good goaltender. Uh, These are, can he keep it going though? Can he keep it going? Oh, and again, like it's a lot of this on Jacob Slavin and the Carolina defense and Shane Goss spare were big fans, but you know, he can be a defensive liability back there. So will they, yeah. they take advantage of that. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to give the Panthers the slight edge here. All right. All right. I, I will not be, I will pants. not be angry regardless of who wins. No, I'm, I'm tired. I'm pretty cool with this whole series. And like, I think it's going to be a fun cup final with either of those teams in there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then another fun series stars nights out in the West. Can't really, I know you hate on the, the Knights jerseys over here, but uh, you know, I've enjoyed watching this team. Their series with Edmonton was a lot of fun, very high scoring. And it's kind of cool to see Jack Eichel living up to the promise yes. of where he was drafted. Like it, it's cool that his career bounced back and he didn't just fade off. I'm glad because like there was a point in the playoffs where I was like, oh man, is he like, is he just going to be a no show come the playoffs? And like, he has not been, he has been so good. He's sixth in points with uh, 14, sixth in goals with six. Yeah. Over a point per game. He's just been so good for Vegas. And like, this is uh, fucking Vegas, man. I mean, they just make all the right moves. They got Mark Stone. They got Jack Eichel. They locked up Shea Theater for a long time. Alex Petrangelo. I mean, they're just, they're just such a good team. They're a team that, I don't really understand their cap management at all. They're like, it doesn't make Paul Holmgren on a bender. It doesn't make any sense, but it works for them. And they're here and they've got a great fan base. It's always a lot of fun to see them with that weird crank thing. And Oh yeah. Like (laughs) it's so weird. It's the weirdest thing to see, but like they go fucking ham, man. And then the stars are a blast. Rupe Hintz is currently second in overall points, and I guess first with the Oilers out. So he's got 19, and that's awesome. And uh, I always think of uh, Bill Matt saying his fucking name is Rope, but... <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's great, man. Like, they, he's such a refreshing young presence in the NHL. Pavelski's up there. He's tied for third in goals, although half of those came in one game. But it's good to see Pavelski back after that scary hit. And, you know, they're just a lot of fun, the Stars. I think this is going to be a great series. At this point, I'm taking the Stars to win the Cup. 
They are just, when you look at them, they have all the core pieces locked up for, a, I think their stars are going to be good for a very long time. You got Jason Robertson, who is just a dynamic talent offensively. You got Miro Heiskin. Love Jason Robertson. Big fan. Miro Heiskin is one of the best players, one of the best defensemen in all of hockey. Should have gotten. Jake Ottinger, one of the best goalies in all of hockey. And then you add in, these are add-ons. You have Rope Hens. You have Joe Pavelski. You have, who else you got there? Um, Evgeny Dodonov. Like, and I know he's like not, not, you know, this incredible player or anything like that, but like, L, um, Essa Lindell, like you just have so many good players in Dallas and it's crazy how much more they have coming in the pike. They have some other, or in the pipeline, they have a lot of good young talent who still hasn't, haven't even come up, uh, to the NHL yet. Wyatt Johnston, my God, that fucking backhand goal to essentially, it, I think that ended up being the game winner to close out game seven. What a player he's going to be. Good old Jamie Ben's still hanging around too. Jamie Ben, how did I forget Jamie Ben? So yeah, I mean, just what a team they have right now, and I feel like they're gonna end up winning it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna pick the Knights in this one, so I'm, I'm sticking with my Canes Knights Stanley Cup final. I don't trust the Golden Knights goaltending, and also their jerseys are ugly. <laughs> I'm not picking based on jerseys. <laughs> I'm picking based on my gut here, which is pretty much the same thing, right? Who's gonna win, Aiden Hill or Jake Ottinger? Jake Aiden Hill's got better numbers than Jake Ottinger so far, and Aiden Hill just faced off against the best offense in the NHL. Yeah, but how many games has he played? I didn't look it up. <laughs> Jake Ottinger's played in every single game. Aiden Hill was on the bench for a while. So oh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But uh, we we picked opposing sides here, so I'm intrigued to talk next week and see how these uh, these little predictions are going to look. Yeah, yeah. Before we go, I want to tell a quick story. So. Last, last Friday, I'm in Philadelphia for the press conferences. And when everyone got to the arena that morning, I mean, how many parking spots are, is, are there at that in the whole sports complex? Like what? In the whole sports complex? Yeah. I mean, 30, like 20,000, maybe not 20,000. Maybe more like, than that. I mean, you got to load of parking spots. You got to think there's the Eagles, the Phillies and Xfinity live. I mean, there's yeah. probably a hundred thousand parking spots. I don't know about a hundred thousand. That's a lot. There's seventy thousand people that fit in the link. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess, know, it, but, but you have to think about the cars. So maybe half. Of them. So maybe let's say fifty thousand. Yeah, there, there's a ton of parking spots, and so like when I got to the arena, obviously, like there weren't a ton of people. It's not like this was a game or anything like that. So it was like very easy getting in and finding a spot, and it would have been it was for people leaving on time. It's extremely easy to like find your car, you know. So I do the press conference and I stay after for a couple hours to work on my story. And I leave around 4.15, I think is around the time I left the arena. I walk out of the doors and I walk to the parking lot. It is an ocean of cars. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Where's my car? What's going on right now? And I look around, I'm so confused. And then I like kind of turn and I see like a kind of a wider view of the parking lot. There's not a single spot available. And I just see nothing. It just literally a sea of 20 something year olds in sundresses. I'm like, you're the, the problem. Fuck is you. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what is happening today? And then I put two and two together. Like, Oh my God, there's literally Taylor is here. Yep. 
Taylor is here. She's a, within a like a mile radius Swifties. of me right now. A sea of Swifties. And dude, I got to be honest. I'm jealous I wasn't part of the Swifty tailgate. Oh, the they, vibes they, were immaculate. The vibes were unbelievable. Ta- Taylor Sw- Swifties are, they know how to live life. They don't yeah. care. They just, they're doing what the vibes say. It was a beautiful weekend too. I mean, Saturday got a little rainy at times, but it was uh, yeah. phenomenal weather for outdoor concerts for the most part. I could hear it from my house on Friday night. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, wow. I told you, I didn't even know. 22,000 parking spaces in the sports complex. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. You got your run in with the Swifties there. No, it was a, everybody had a blast from the footage I saw paying thousands upon thousands of dollars to see Taylor. Yeah, I'm jealous. I wish I could have been there. That looks yeah, like man. it was an awesome show, and everyone there was having such a good time in the parking lot tailgating. I'm annoyed that I had to drive four and a half hours instead. <laughs> you had quite the everyone. opposite night ahead of you. Very boring and very tedious, yeah. but oh, I'm whatever. sorry, my friend. I'm sorry, but at least you got to talk to Keith Jones. I did. Jonesy. Very nice. Very nice guy. Oh, Jonesy's great. As if anyone had any doubts, Jonesy is as, as nice and cool as you would think he'd be. I once rode an elevator up with him silently. Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> when my one time I did uh, photography credentials for the night with my regular ass digital camera, and <laughs> I just like, oh, that's Jonesy, and I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what do you I, say. I, I was a me, big I'm fan just... of your work with Eric Lindros and John Leclaire for a few games. Yeah. I'm just a chatterbox. Thank you for saving Eric Lindros's life. Yeah. I'm just a chatterbox. And like when I saw him after the thing, I was just like, hey, congrats on the new gig. And he's like, hey, thanks. <laughs> nice guy. Really nice dude. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. All right, folks. We are going to wrap things up. But thank you so much for listening. As I said before, you're all beautiful, wonderful people. And we love you very much. Quigs. Where can people find you on twitter.com.org.edu.musk.aflaming bag of crap at this point? Where can people find you on the Twitters for feedback and such? Oh, you know, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. Anything you want to plug right now for your work with Broad Street Hockey or the Hockey News? Doing a lot of stuff for the Hockey News right now. Um, still working on the Flyers Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down series. Uh, earlier today, I posted my... Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down piece on Tanner Lazinski. So and hey. tomorrow, tomorrow I have one coming out for the one, the only murder face, Scott Lawton. Murder face, murder face. Yes. The one and only. Excellent. Follow Ryan Quiggs. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Bomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole also on Instagram, also on TikTok. Apparently, you can't get it in one US8. That sounds weird and illegal to me, but whatever. I don't make the laws. And <laughs> you can also follow Broad Street Hockey, BSH Radio, all that fun stuff. And make sure to subscribe to Broad Street Hockey. We are pumping out some tangy tent for you folks. And if you are already subscribing to Broad Street Hockey, you're fucking awesome. Thank you so much. All right, gang, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow.
What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balky and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros